Welcome to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, where America's top cleaning expert shows you the ins and outs of keeping a clean home and a clean business. From expert advice to cutting-edge interviews, Debbie uses her 30 years experience to bring you the insight you need to be cleaning up. And now, here's your host, Debbie Sardone. Welcome to episode 20 of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. I am your host, Debbie Sardone, for all things in your life, success-related, cleaning up your quality of life, your business skills, and just learning more and more about how to grow personally and professionally. And so, of course, I'm extremely excited today to have uh, an amazing woman in the studio with us today, Diane Consolino of DianeConsolino.com. She is a speaker corporate trainer and success coach. Diane Consolino is recognized as a powerful success coach and a speaker. She travels all around giving speeches and helping people improve their lives professionally and personally. She specializes in helping smart, success-oriented, high-achieving women have more success and satisfaction in their careers. Diane, thank you so much for being in the studio today. Oh, I'm so happy to be here, Debbie. Well, the first time I heard you speak, I was just so impressed and just so excited by the message that you bring to women. And I I do find it interesting that your focus is with high-achieving women who are successful in their careers. So as a business coach, as a personal coach, how did that come about that your focus ended up being with high-achieving women? Well, you know, it takes one to know one, right? So <laughs> what I found in my own career so many years ago was that I was getting more and more successful and I was a high achiever, but I lacked satisfaction. I also lacked a certain confidence about myself that most people assumed I had. And so when I started jumping into growth and development and really looking at what it t- does it take not only to be achieving and successful, but to also be satisfied? Great I point. found that there were a lot of transformational things out there that w- didn't work. And when I found the ones that worked and then added to them, I had incredible success. And I'm the kind of person, like, if I go to a good movie, I want to share it with everyone. Right. If I go to a good restaurant, I want to share it with everyone. And when I found that th- there were certain things that you could get and implement in your life that changed how you were thinking and how your life showed up, I wanted to really start sharing that. And you are that kind of person that shares. You, When you hear something good, when you see something good, I've seen you share it on your social media platforms, in our personal interactions. You're just a very sharing uh, person. And I could see how that would work well in your coaching business because you want to help others. And, you know, it's so interesting and it's so true that people that I think most of us would assume have this high level of confidence and satisfaction, oftentimes are, it's surprising to find out that women in the workplace, women who are high achievers, who have climbed and reached that, that corporate ladder, oftentimes are not confident And I I have to share a story with you about a friend of mine who speaks all over the country. And she was speaking at a women's conference maybe about a year ago. She told me this story. And she said that the speaker before her got up and asked all the women in the audience to stand up 
if you believe you have the confidence to get the job done that you're in right now. And he was speaking to, they were speaking to a room full of very high achieving, successful women, corporate executives, high level entrepreneurs. And she said at least 75% of the audience stayed sitting down. They did not stand up that they had the confidence to do the job that they that they had. And she was shocked. She thought, well, this is a room full of high achievers. They've all got the confidence. So what you're saying is validated even by that informal poll. And I guess that's what you see with women everywhere. Yeah. And the thing about confidence, confidence is an interesting thing because it's not necessarily when you look at a person. I mean, we can look at people and see, oh, that person's not confident. But the women that I'm talking about, generally, you look at them and you think, pretty confident woman. But it's an internal conversation. Confidence is a skill set. And it's an internal conversation. So it is actually how we physically show up, but it's also the internal conversation that I address with women. And the thing I also like to talk about is that it's situational often. So we show up as confident people, but then there are certain situations where our confidence waves or disappears and we're like, what ha- what's happening here? Why aren't I more effective in this space? So I have a question for you because you you bring up such an incredible point that confidence is a skill set, which we all just assume it's more of an emotion-driven factor and that it's situational. I was just reading on a forum with a, 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 a lot of maid service business owners are a part of, and one of the ladies put into the forum, uh, posed a, a, a dilemma. And she said, you know, this is so frustrating. I attend networking events where I am mingling with doctors and lawyers and CPAs and successful real estate agents. And she said, I tend to cringe when people ask me, so what do you do? And I tell them oh, I, I own a cleaning service. And she said, I instantly feel uh, a, a sense of doubt and a lack of confidence. I feel like they're judging me, like they aren't taking me seriously as a business owner. And she said, quite honestly, I have one of the largest businesses in that networking group. I've made a lot of money. I have a lot of successes, but I instantly feel like I'm less somehow and maybe even looked down upon by them. What would you say to her? Oh, okay. Can you see? I'm rubbing my hands. (laughs) I can see. If only you were in the studio, she is like, I can't wait to answer that question. And I can't wait to hear the answer. Because here, okay, so confidence is a skill set. Literally, almost everything we do in life is a skill set. But we, because we have been doing what we know how to do from such a young age, we assume that like that person's confident and I'm not confident. Like they're born with it and I'm not born with it because we always think it's greener on the other side. So Good point. That's, that's a place to start with. So if I know it's a skill set, then I know it's a point of view, a perspective that I can change within my, my own mind. So that woman's point of view is she has a conversation that her business isn't as important as a doctor. But if she were my, one of my clients, we would have conversations like this that says, what is the value you're adding to people's lives When a person gets to walk into their home and it's clean, do you know what that gives a person? Do you know the availability that gives a person? Do you know how that literally can change people's lives? How it affects their marriage, how it affects their own stress level and how they treat their kids. It's amazing. It's it's, So what's missing is her point of view about not only um, 
what she does, but the value it brings. The importance of of her work. Yeah. So when she can, if she could learn to reorient her thinking around what she thinks she does for a living, that would change it. Like one time I was talking to a woman, she said, well, you transform women's lives. That's really valuable. I sell skincare. I said, oh, honey, do you know, (laughs) do you know what good skin does for a woman? Right. So it's all point of view. It's about really getting your own fixing your own thinking well it's giving yourself permission to actually know that you're giving value to people right and that you are changing lives i mean if she understood that with her business she is changing lives she is helping to solve the argument on saturday as to are you going to help me with these chores or it's already done and hey let's go do something fun Right. And even one step deeper to that, which is, I think, so that's the place to start in the, in the conversation. But the other place to go is for her to understand that it's okay to get that she's actually powerful and of value and, and in service. So sometimes women, we're taught that we can't really own our power and that we shouldn't, we, we're taught that we need to be smart when we're growing up, but we're also taught not to brag good point so this woman who has an incredibly successful cleaning service doesn't come in from that point of view because that probably sounds like bragging to her right right? to really owning her successes and then being able to speak of her successes and that somehow having a business that serves others makes you somehow as the business owner subservient to other businesses but what business doesn't serve right a good attorney serves doesn't just take a good doctor serves doesn't take so fixing your thinking I believe is a great place to start so what would you say is the most important thing that women need to know when it comes to achieving that one way of fixing their thinking I think the most important thing is that women really understand it's a skill set to assess where they are. Like if you're going to the gym and you're doing bicep curls, are you at a three pound, a five pound, a 10 pound? What is your skill set around confidence? Are you a three pound, a five pound, a 10 pound? And then from that space, don't make yourself right or wrong, but grow yourself from that space. So if I'm at a three pound, okay, great. I know I need to build my confidence a little bit more. But don't make yourself wrong in the space of it. Don't say, oh, I should be better, I could be better, and all those things that make us feel worse. Look at it like, oh, interesting. My confidence needs to grow when I'm in, for example, a networking situation. Interesting. And that's a skill. And that's a skill. That is phenomenal. Well, I am really excited to talk to you about this because I do see this as a problem with women all across the country, whether they have careers or they're entrepreneurs or they're stay-at-home moms and they are measuring themselves against the the career uh, females in their lives. So if you'll stay over to the next segment, I'd like to continue this conversation with Diane Consolino. I'll be more than happy to stay, Debbie. Don't go away, everyone. We'll be right back. It was early morning yesterday. I was up before the dawn. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and, and really on the web at DebbieSardone.com. But I must be moving on. Everyone hates a dirty house, but who wants to spend Saturdays cleaning? There's the vacuuming, the dusting, the mopping floors, scrubbing the toilets, cleaning the showers, and who even has the time to clean the ceiling fans or wash the baseboards? 
And if the kids have a game, well, there goes the weekend. That's why I use Buckets and Bows Maid Service. I love my busy life and my clean home. Hi, my name is Stephen Sardown from Sardown Construction. The philosophy behind Sardown Construction is we say that we exist to improve lives uh, through the vehicle of remodeling. We think that obviously remodeling can change someone's life, but we like to think that for the better, whether it's improving the way their family connects at night, the way they connect with their friends, the opportunity to have the friends over because they're not embarrassed of their house or for their kids to be able to have their friends over so that their house can be kind of the main hub for all the neighborhood kids. To find us, you can go to sardownconstruction.com today that's sardoneconstruction.com you're listening to rncn the number one source for premium talk radio you're listening to cleaning up with debbie sardone on the real news communications network welcome back to segment two with debbie sardone on cleaning up with debbie sardone and we have Diane Consolino of DianeConsolino.com here with us today to help us with confidence and satisfaction. Diane is a speaker, a corporate trainer, and a success coach, which I just so love. I love being around her and talking with her. I always gain more confidence when I have a conversation with her. And I'll never forget, uh, uh, it's probably been a couple of years ago, I was having a conversation with Diane. We were doing a little brainstorming session at a women's networking group. And I said, you know, I'm trying to be, uh, I'm trying to uh, em- embrace the title of America's top cleaning expert. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to, to uh, have that title. And she looked at me and she said, you have that title. Take it, use it, and stop trying. Just take it. And she encouraged me to stop feeling like somehow I'm supposed to do more to earn that title when I've spent 35 years earning that title. I have one of the largest independent cleaning services in the country. I train cleaning business owners all over the world and how to grow their cleaning business. I have the only nonprofit that is providing free house cleaning to women with cancer. And here I kept saying I'm trying to deserve, basically. I didn't use those words, but I was, I was saying I'm trying to have the title of America's top cleaning expert. And she said, you have it. Now just use it. <laughs> so thank you, Diane. I needed that dose of confidence. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's my pleasure because I see women do that a lot. Where One of the major conversations I have with my clients is that they have been working so hard to get where they're at that they forget to notice that they've arrived. Good point. In fact, we've been told our whole lives that if you think you've arrived, you're arrogant. But that's that's a true point that you just brought up. Yeah, because there's a different point of view. Once you've gotten to a certain place, for example, if I'm going to go to New York City, I don't have to keep planning to get to New York City when I'm in New York City. What I want to do when I'm in New York City is plan what I'm going to do in New York City. So I have this one And enjoy it. And enjoy it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I have this one client. She's one of the top financial advisors, top 20 in her company in the whole country. And one day we're talking, I said, have you considered that you have arrived? Wow. And she's like, what? (laughs) We've been told all our lives we're not supposed to consider that. (laughs) Right. And I said, because what we want to do is we want to get you to this place where you've arrived. And now what do you want to do from that point? Where do you want to do from this point of success? Because the action you take at different levels of your success is different. The point of view that you bring in is different. And so it's really important for women to actually get where are they in their career? 
And then what do they want to work on next? Because it's not always about the initial struggle. You know, I'm glad you bring that up because I do believe high-achieving women always have new levels that they want to reach. And some people tell themselves in their head that they haven't reached these these levels of success when they have. And others, you know, are such perfectionists, it's never good enough. So they never celebrate the successes they are having because they're always reaching for the next success. So what stops women from getting the results that they desire? How do we balance all that out? What stops us? Well, I think you touched on it, Debbie. You said that women need to be perfect. And that's or we think we do. We think we need to be. <laughs> exactly. So boys are raised to be strong and girls are raised to be perfect. And so what happens is that perfection is never an attainable result. So we always are trying to get to a place that we can never actually be. Does that make sense? So we're trying to get to this perfection that isn't... isn't it's elusive. It's, it's, it, there's no such thing. Yeah, it's always a moving bar. Which means you're always going to be frustrated or dissatisfied. Yeah, yes, exactly. And I think exactly. we're taught that perfectionism is a virtue. But I'm not hearing that that's actually a virtue. I, it sounds like it ends up being a vice for many of us. Well, it, it ends up with us not being satisfied or fulfilled because we can never achieve it. So it, our brains love to get wins like so when people goal set sometimes people set their goals too high and so I had these two clients one they both wanted to make ten thousand dollars a month in their business and what happened is that one insisted on that being her initial goal but she had never made ten thousand dollars the other woman said Okay, I want 10000 but I'm willing to lower my goal because I want them to both lower their goal to $3,000 so that they could have wins. Right. Small so, achievements can fuel right. so that energy. You get two clients. You get three clients. They're wins. So the person who tried to get, make $10,000 a month, what happened is that she was never winning. But my other client who had set lower goals, she still wanted the 10000 but she was willing to set the 3000 because what happened is that she got the win because she started to get more clients and she started to achieve her goals. And her brain all of a sudden said, oh, my gosh, you're doing this. This is working. And so then the next month she raised her goal. And the next month she raised her goal. And so what happened is that she started to hit the $10,000 every once in a while, not consistently, but she was getting wins. She was getting closer. She could taste it. Where the other woman whose bar was so high never reached her goals, was constantly, you know, air quotes, losing. Right. Even though she was achieving the same results sometimes. So wins really are like a, a boost to your self-confidence. Yes. And it also tells your brain that you can do it. Like there's actually physiology. There's actual mental processes that our brain uses and our brains like to win so what happened is with the woman who kept winning has a successful business now the woman who wanted to make ten thousand dollars and went and lower her, her goals and, and stair-step herself to her success 
quit her business. You know, it's just like when we say in media, media begats media and successes begat success. And I assume the same could be true. Failures begat failure because your brain is looking for some wins, which will boost that confidence, which will help you change your actions, which will help you get better results. Yeah. And so what happens a lot of times, and I'm always talking to my clients about this, and I talk about it on stage too, is that let's say you want more joy in your life. So you're at a two in joy and you want to get a 10. We're taught that, oh, you should have more joy and you know, like you should go for it. But here's the thing. What if you don't know how? Right. So if you're at a two and you keep reaching for a 10 and failing, you keep reaching for a 10 and failing, you keep reaching for a 10 and almost get there and then fail, what does your brain say? Your brain says, hey. No may- joy, no joy. Yeah, no joy. Mm-hmm. And maybe joy is not for me. Maybe I just shouldn't be a joyful right. person. Maybe I don't deserve it. Right. But what if you're at a two and you get to a three, four? Wow. What happens is that you feel way better because a three, four feels way better than a two. And all of a sudden you're like, hey, better than yesterday. This is good. Now I'm at a three, four. Let's say I go to a five, six. <gasps> Way better than a two and better than yesterday. And eventually what happens is that we train our brain to know that we're successful and we can get what we want. And within a shorter period of time, we actually get the results. So we get more results with velocity when we take smaller steps instead of trying to leap for a success that's out of our reach. It's the law of incremental change. Most of us are not going to reach our our huge final goals by one big gigantic leap. It's that law of incremental change. Exactly. And little incremental changes produces little short wins or successes which produces more wins and successes. Yeah, but I'm just going to add on to that. That's so perfectly, exactly. I wish I, I Debbie, I wish I had said that myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I just want to add this. That one. was a boost of confidence on my no, part. That Thank was you very perfect. much. That was so perfect. <laughs> and the thing I want to say, just to add on to it, is we do this thing where we're told we should have it all. Mm-hmm. And if we aren't at the 10, we assume there's something wrong with us. And so it gives us no place for incremental change because we think incremental change is too slow because we want things fast, easy, and quick. And big. And big. Mm-hmm. And so if we don't have that, we think there's something wrong. But the truth is is that the incremental change is the access to it. But that's the gap. No one talks about that. Obviously, we've got to have some confidence to begin to make these steps forward in life. How can women begin to feel more confidence in their lives? So the false thought that people think is that they have to have confidence in order to achieve it. But the truth is, is the desire is the, the starting point. The thinking, the desiring. So when I have clients who want something, they think that I'm always going to give them like, okay, now you have to go out and do these extraordinary things. And I always start them with this. Consider it's possible. I want you to spend the next week, two weeks, really considering, like, oh my gosh, I could be that thing. I could do that. I could have that promotion. I could ask for that job. You know, I could do So don't these focus on, one, on the probability for the moment. Focus on what could be. Yeah, consider that it's possible. Because once your brain switches to like, it moves from desire to like, it's possible, that's when we're willing to do, actually do the work and start making the transformation. But when we actually are in no hope, 
we don't take action. Right. If you don't believe it's possible, if you don't think it's within your reach, you're not going to take the steps necessary to begin to go down the path that will achieve that goal. Exactly. Exactly. If we think that there's no hope of winning, if we think that the results are impossible, our brain, because 80 to 90 percent of our thoughts are actually subconscious thoughts that we're not aware of. So if we subconsciously and slightly consciously don't think we can do it, we're not going to do it. And resistance always shows up like a good excuse. So in other words, we are our own worst enemy. Yeah, we can not be. Not others necessarily, not the external factors. If we can fix what's going on in our head, we can probably reach more goals, greater levels of satisfaction, and definitely more confidence just by fixing what's going on up there in the brain matter. Oh, it's all in our head. Yeah. It's all in our head. And the problem is it doesn't feel like it is. But when we can take ownership of our thoughts, we can take ownerships of our feelings and take ownership of the possibility of what can lie in front of us, that's when dynamic change happens. And you know what? That is the most liberating thing of all to me, because when all of these obstacles in our lives are coming from other people or external factors, we have no control over it. But when we realize that most of this is going on in our head, well, guess what? I can't change them, but I can change me. Exactly. Coming up next, we'll be back right after the break with Diane Consolino, and we'll continue our talk about confidence and satisfaction. If you're enjoying this episode of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, give us a rating on iTunes today. But I must be moving on. Who says green can't be clean? Here's a tip that many professional home cleaning services already know. You can power through the grime in less time with our 100% naturally safe speed cleaning products. Don't waste your time with the products that don't work. Our non-toxic cleaners are safer on pets and people, yet tough on dirt. If you want to clean your home in half the time, visit speedcleaning.com and sign up for our speed cleaning tip of the week. Hi, my name's Pam Goodwin with Goodwin Commercial. I am the CEO president for Goodwin Commercial. Goodwin Commercial is a boutique commercial real estate company. We specialize in finding site locations for restaurants. We develop property and we help people buy their first investment property. Give us a call today at 214-929-9013 or connect with us on LinkedIn. Also visit our website at goodwincommercial.com. You're listening to RNCN, the digital destination for premium talk radio. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. Welcome back to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. And my expert guest today is Diane Consolino, a speaker, corporate trainer, and success coach. Now, we've been talking a lot about confidence and personal satisfaction when we are achieving and, of course, how to fix our thinking. And I can't help but think of how so many women are truly limiting our own successes and our own joy and personal satisfaction by the way we think. And that it's not as 
as much about all the external factors and other people as it is what we think in our head. And you've really done a great job helping us with that. Um, but, you know, the reality is there are a lot of women out there that deserve that promotion. They believe they need to be or should be promoted to be that leader in their company. But what stands in the way of women getting promoted as that leader or or being the dominant force in their community as an entrepreneur? What is standing in our way? So this is kind of a simple thought, but women actually don't give themselves permission to be powerful. They, they have a weird um, relationship to power. And how I always tell women to look and to see their relationship to power is if a woman walks in the room and she's powerful, do you want to go talk to her or do you want to shy away from her? Because powerful women like other powerful women. And women who want to shy away from powerful women means that they don't have a re- good relationship with themselves being powerful. Wow. Now that's a powerful statement because it's true. When I see a really strong woman walk into a room, whether she's just a strong leader, an entrepreneur, you know, or whatever, I want to walk across the room and meet her, shake her hand, I talk really, to me. Don't you really want to? I'm a sponge. Tell me what you know. And, but then I do see other women kind of holding back. And just watching yeah. the whole conversation unfold. I know. I get so excited when I talk about <laughs> this. But I know, right? So I had this client who, when the first time I met her, we were in a room of women. And when she walked in, literally the seas parted. And I was like, why are the seas parting? Everybody should be running up to her and going, oh, what do you have that I can have? What do you have that I can have? And that's what I did. And she eventually became one of my clients, which is interesting because she's so powerful, right? And you'd think, why was a powerful person having a success coach? Because they want to up-level themselves. And I think women are afraid that that powerful women don't want to help them or that powerful women don't want to share with them. And I think the opposite is true. Oh, please. Don't you love sharing your information? (laughs) I do. I love to help (laughs) other women. I love to help them get confidence or achieve. Yeah, yeah. I really really think so, too. And so the thing is, though, sometimes when we don't have our own powerful feelings about ourselves, it feels like, um, like like we won't be able to relate or something to another powerful woman. Exactly. Like I won't fit in or somehow I'm not quite worthy. And I think that that plays into more of the stuff that goes on in our heads as women. And, you know, I I think it ebbs and flows for everyone. Right. You know, it doesn't matter how much of an achiever you are. You do have your moments, your low points and your high points of confidence. But uh, oftentimes I think women just don't know how to ask for what they want. They see a powerful woman in the room. They want to talk to her. They want to ask her for some advice or they want to just have a conversation. And women don't always know how to ask for what they want. Do you have some advice along those lines? I suspect you do. I feel like I'm just rubbing my hands together so much because I love (laughs) these conversations. So one of the things that women, all all of us do, it's it's not exclusive to women, but we live in our comfort zone. So all the things that we have in our life, like the material things, the relationships, the jobs that we have, everything that we currently have in our life is in a comfort zone. And I like to like make a little triangle in front of me when I'm explaining that. But here's the thing. All of our dreams, our visions, and our goals for our life live outside our comfort zone. 
Good point. And so there's a gap. There's this space between what we have, what we know, and what we want to have. And in that gap is a space where our skill level is low. So what happens is that women have been taught for years in the space of being perfect that if they're bad at something, they shouldn't go for it. Like really, think about when is the last time you did something that you were actually really bad at that mattered? Now, I'm not talking, I I call it bowling bad. Like I go bowling every few years with some friends, right? We throw in the funky shoes, Uh we throw Uh some balls in the lane, and we're bowling bad. And and they go in the gutter like most of the time. (laughs) Yeah, and if we make a 70. You've seen me bowl. (laughs) right? (laughs) If we make a 70, we're cheering. Like we we, High-fiving. Yeah, (laughs) like our lane seems like it should be the most successful lane in the whole place, but we're the worst. Yeah. And we're having, like we're bad bowlers and we don't care. But most things in our life that we actually care about, we don't give ourselves space to be bad at. We don't want to be bad at it. No. Yeah. So, so that place of, of going for our goals, going for our vision, going to talk to the woman that you want to talk to who's powerful, there's a gap where we're intrinsically, there's a necessity of being willing to be uncomfortable because our skill set isn't good there. So if I want to grow myself, my capacity to allow myself to be uncomfortable or even air quotes bad, mm-hmm. the more I'm willing to be uncomfortable, the more I'm willing to be bad at something so that I can get good at, the more I'm willing to do three pound weights so I can get to the 10 pound weights. Stretching is uncomfortable. Yes. And what you're saying is we just have to stretch and be a little uncomfortable in order to get what we're afraid to ask for. And maybe a lot uncomfortable. And maybe mm-hmm. a lot uncomfortable. And it's okay because it's the access. Uncomfortableness is actually the access point. Like I tell my clients, if you're not uncomfortable, you're doing it wrong. And if you're comfortable, uncomfortable, like so they're, they want to You're not st- doing enough if you're not uncomfortable. <laughs> exactly. Thank you for clarifying <laughs> you're for me. You're not stretching. <laughs> yeah. So I say to them, when you're, you're going to be uncomfortable in that conversation with your boss. And that is an indicator not that you're doing something wrong but that you're on track. Exactly. In fact, I'm so glad you're on this path because I so agree with this concept. And one of the things I teach the the women that I do consulting with is um, almost always the fear is far worse than the actual reality. People are fearful to make that step or ask for what they want. And the reality really ends up being so much worse than the fear was to begin with. And I was at a conference just a couple of weekends ago with all women. It was a women's conference. And at the end of each speaker's speech, they opened it up for live Q&A. And they had two live mics in the middle of the audience. And you had to walk up to the mic and ask your question. And what I found was interesting, and this happens at every conference I attend, I'm always the first one to break the, the ice. And it isn't that I jump up first. The room literally sits in silence as these speakers who everyone wants to ask questions of are saying doesn't anybody have a question anybody anybody have a question and that the silence is awkward and I eventually jump up and run to the microphone I say well I have a question and guess what after I ask my question all these women line up to be the second one and the third one and the fourth one to ask the question until the speaker actually has to cut off the Q&A, and the line is so long, most of the women did not get to answer their question. Yeah, and I think it goes back to giving yourself permission to be powerful. 
right? Giving yourself permission to be the person who stands up. I mean, you're a really powerful and successful woman, Debbie. You have a lot of accomplishments, and I know you don't like me to say that, but <laughs> it's true. And so, you're oh, re- go on, go ahead, tell me more. <laughs> I'm recording this for my mom. <laughs> so no, you stretched you. yourself to that yes. place, it, but it wasn't always like that in the beginning. You grew yourself incrementally, and people assume that I'm not fearful. People assume that, well, she's not afraid to jump up and ask those questions. I'm as scared as anybody in that audience that I might say it funny or I might, you know, ask a question that somebody thinks is dumb. But the difference between me and my fear is I just push through the fear and I go ask my question. And guess what? I get an answer. Well, it's interesting. Even on the way here, I noticed that I was a little nervous. And I thought, isn't that so instead of going here's what women do. They go, oh, I'm nervous. Maybe I shouldn't be going. What's wrong with me? If I were more confident, I wouldn't be nervous. Oh, there's something intrinsically wrong. Instead, what I teach women to do is like, oh, interesting. Like, oh, interesting. I'm on my way to talk to Debbie, who's the easiest person in the world to talk to. And I get to talk about my favorite thing that I actually corner people at parties and they don't let them go. I get to talk about that. <laughs> so they make, you make them listen to you. Yeah. <laughs> Until they surrender. And so it's one of my favorite topics. And I'm a little nervous. Interesting. Exactly. But it didn't stop me from coming through. But it was just the noticing. And the fear, the little bit of nervousness, was actually worse than the interview because obviously you know what you're talking about. This is your core topic. Right. And so what happens is that women stop themselves because they get uncomfortable. They think they shouldn't have the fear. They shouldn't have the uncomfortableness. If they were better, they wouldn't have it. But that's a false thought. The false thought is that they aren't skilled enough because they're uncomfortable. That's a wonderful point. Uncomfortableness is critical to up-leveling your capacity, to up-leveling where you want to go. It's critical. Uncomfortable is critical to getting your goals and visions and dreams accomplished. I think you just nailed that. I think you just nailed that with that concept. The fear or the lack of confidence or the uncomfortableness is not proof that you're inferior and that you're not ready. It's just normal. It's just natural. And by contrary, it's actually proof that, like you said, you're on the right track. If you're not stretching, if you're not a little bit uncomfortable, you're probably not doing enough. Yes, yes. Are your dreams and your visions for who you are and how you want your life to show aren't enough? Right, because then you're just living in your comfort zone. Well, when we come back after the break, I'm going to be asking Diane Consolino, what is the primary concern that hold women back? It was an early morning yesterday. I was up before the dawn. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and and on the web at debbiesardone.com. But I must be moving on. The number one source for premium talk radio. Everyone hates a dirty house, but who wants to spend Saturdays cleaning? There's the vacuuming, the dusting, the mopping floors, scrubbing the toilets, cleaning the showers, and who even has the time to clean the ceiling fans or wash the baseboards? And if the kids have a game, well, there goes the weekend. That's why I use Buckets and Bows Maid Service. I love my busy life and my clean home. 
Hi, my name is Gil Bonifaz, and I'm the owner-operator of Cafe Herrera at the Omni in downtown Dallas. As a fourth-generation restaurateur, we strive to bring you a new generation of Tex-Mex and to continue on the legacy that was started by my great-grandmother over 45 years ago. At Cafe Herrera, we're taking a modern approach towards Tex-Mex. From our sizzling fajita bar to our tequila craft cocktails, we strive to provide the best experience possible for all our diners and continue the legacy that was started over 45 years ago. Whether it's lunch, dinner, drinks, or catering, we'd love to see you out. Find us at CafeHerrera.com. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. Welcome back. We've been talking today with success coach Diane Consolino. I'm your host, Debbie Sardone. And just before the break, we said we would come back and ask Diane uh, about what is a primary concern that holds most women back when it comes to growth, personal satisfaction, asking for what you want, reaching your goals and your dreams. What is that one thing that keeps holding women back? Okay, so I'm going to tell you a story. So I met a woman at a networking meeting. And I, we just, like, it was one of those connections. So we decided to meet for coffee on Thursday. And so at 10 o'clock, we're going to meet for coffee on Thursday. And I show up, and she's not there. So I'm like, oh, I'm really disappointed. Give her a call. She's like, oh, I just got really, really busy. I'm running behind. So I said, okay, let's reschedule for next Thursday. So next Thursday, I get up, I get dressed, I get in the car, I go to the coffee shop, 10 o'clock, 10, 10, she's not there. Now, I'm like, okay, maybe a flat tire, hopefully, <laughs> like something really valid that she's not showing up for. But she didn't show up. So I call her, and I really like this person. I just believed in her. I knew she could do it. You know, I really wanted to have a relationship with her. So I call her again and say, okay, what happened? She's like, oh, I got distracted. But next Thursday, I'm definitely going to be there. Wow. I know, right? So I have, I know, I have hope in this person. So I schedule for next Thursday. I get up. I get dressed. I get in the car. I go to the coffee shop. 10 o'clock. She's not there. 10.10. Doesn't show up. 10.20. You know, I'm thinking car accident but you know not too hurt right no just kidding but w- here's the thing what do i know about that person she needs a wake up call <laughs> yeah she's not reliable and she's not showing up right right so here's the thing when we make a promise to ourselves on thursday i'm going to make that call to that person who's going to change my life or on wednesday i'm going to make that call or tuesday i'm going to make that call and we don't show up and we don't show up and what we don't show up what do we know about ourselves well, for one thing, we beat ourselves up. Yeah, but we're, we know we're not reliable. Right. And so we've been doing that for years to ourselves, right? Like we're the w- woman who's not showing up at the coffee shop. Right. And so what happens is that we stop showing up and we stop trusting ourselves. And so we need to give ourselves a do-over, a start-over, and really start knowing that what we say we're going to do, we actually start doing. We start showing up. For ourselves. So when we say we're going to make a call on Tuesday morning, we start showing up and making that call on Tuesday morning, whether we're comfortable or uncomfortable, right? So we get out of our comfort zone, we show up, we're uncomfortable, and we make the call. And that, that changes, because that's what women aren't doing. They're not showing up. 
right? We're not stretching ourselves. We're not putting ourselves in an uncomfortable situation. Yeah. And we're letting ourselves get away with it, especially if you work from home or you're an entrepreneur, if you're an entrepreneur and you don't have a boss, you're your boss. And if you allow yourself to break appointments and not show up, break appointments with yourself, yeah, and then you stop trusting yourself. So I tell that story a lot when I'm speaking to women's audiences. And it's so fun because they think I'm talking about somebody else, right? Of this person that's showing up. And you can see as the person doesn't show up and she doesn't show up, they're just getting so annoyed with her. And then I say, well, what do we know about that person? And they just yell all these things like, she's not trustworthy. And then when I turn it and say, and when you're not showing up, what do you know about yourself? And they're all like, ugh. See, we do this, we do this to ourselves all the time. Yes. And you bring up a great point because obviously I'm not going to do that to another person. If I have a meeting, unless something you know happens and it, it didn't show up on my calendar, I'm going to be there. Or if there is an emergency, I'm going to call them. But we do this to ourselves. We set goals. We make plans to make a certain number of phone calls or to attend some networking events. And we let ourselves down all the time. We might not be willing to let someone else down, but we sure are willing to let ourselves down. Yeah. And there's a couple things that are happening is one, we aren't our word to ourselves and we need to practice that skill, right? We need to practice how I'm going to show up for Debbie. Like I would have never not shown up for you this morning at 11 o'clock. If something happened, you would be sure that I would give you a phone call. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And be super apologetic. I would never not show up for you. And most women operate from that sense. But we regularly don't show up for ourselves. But it's kind of sneaky because it's resistance. And resistance always shows up like a good excuse. For example, one of my clients, she's needed to make phone calls at 10 o'clock, right? 10 o'clock phone calls, 10 o'clock phone calls. But at 10.15, she always needed to get a cup of coffee. So... You know, is getting a cup of coffee a horrible thing? No, it seems reasonable, right? So resistance, that idea I need to get a cup of coffee, it doesn't sound like I don't want to do my work, but that's what it is. Right. It's, it's really procrastination that ends up not doing our work. We think, okay, I will do it. I'm just going to break my appointment with myself right now. And then we procrastinate and then we run out of time and then we've broken another appointment with ourselves. Yeah, and so what I do is I have my clients... In order to, because um, resistance is going to happen, and it's because it sounds like a good excuse, it's, it's kind of sneaky and hard to, um, to catch sometimes, right? So I have them pick three things in their day. What are your big money makers or your big, I call them the big hits. What are your big hits? Like if you did these three things, they're going to get you more productive and or make you more money based on your priority for what kind of vision and goal you want to get. So they start their mornings with a 15-minute organizing time. Because sometimes it doesn't feel like we just get into our office chair, like we slide into our office chair and we're just like throwing up papers. And we just react to everything instead of plan everything. So a 15-minute organization. And then what are your three big hits? So then you can be very intentional in your day and really show up doing the things you need to do to get productive. I think that is so important to identify every single day, not every year or every few months or every quarter, but every single day, decide what are my three big hits for today. And then don't give yourself all these excuses for doing nothing to move forward towards those goals or those hits that you wanted to achieve today. Yeah, because it's really interesting because a lot of times my clients come to me because they think they're not being productive. 
But what I mostly always find is that their expectation of what they think should get done is way too high. So I had one of my clients start doing this. And she said, oh my gosh, this is a really hard exercise because I think I should get done in two hours what takes me four hours. Or we have 15 hits on our sheet of paper or uh, on our list and we're not going to hit those. No, because the expectation is just far too high. So what stops us is that we keep thinking that we're not good at something, so we stop showing up. So the thing is, is we need to show up but have a strategy in place to be productive. So that brings me into the next point, because we do want results as women. We do want to be productive, and we want results. What is the key to getting results? So I really think the key is, you know, we've talked about a number of these things, is showing up. Then understanding the really the notion of being uncomfortable is the access to getting what you want. So having a certain comfort level with being uncomfortable and then doing it even if you don't know exactly, perfectly, extraordinarily fabulous result. Now, I tell my clients this constantly. Now, remember, I'm working with success-oriented high achievers, and so I always have to qualify, like, make sure you're sitting in your chair firmly because I'm going to tell you something. I want you to lower your standards sometime. Wow. Because women, these high achievers, right, we're not operating at 100%. We're, our, 100%, our 100% is people's 150%. Right. So sometimes I tell my clients, where do you really have to be operating at? That not everything actually has to be 100%. Sometimes 70% is like a big win. So they overdo sometimes. And some people feel like if, if they lower their standard that somehow they're producing sub- Standard And what I like to tell my clients is that's because in your head you think there's perfection and then there's mediocre. Or you think there's perfection and there's sloppy or poor. And, and they're leaving out one other oppor- you know, option. Yes. There's perfection and then there's excellence. What's wrong with excellence? Go for it. That's lowering your standard to excellence from perfection. And the truth is most of the time it makes people more productive because they actually haven't been showing up because they have to get it so perfect that they don't start. And so when they give themselves permission to not be operating in not every case, but the occasional case at a lower standard, their standards is already really high. So if I tell my clients to operate at 70%, quite frankly, secretly, I know they're still operating at 80, 90, and 100%. In fact, it's still higher than most people's standards, which is why they got where they are today in the first place. Yes, it's so extraordinary. So I've had so much fun talking with you. These have been really great concepts. Before we wrap it up, I want just one practical tip, since I know you're an entrepreneur and a businesswoman. Tell us before we we run out of time, what would you say is your favorite daily productivity tool? Because I love to learn from people and uh, get, get some ideas and tips on how I can increase my productivity. My favorite productivity tool is the 15 minutes. Every morning... And sometimes in the evening, but every morning, always give yourself 15 minutes to actually sit down in your chair, feel, get present, and then get your day organized. 
Wow. You know, it seems so simple, but I think sometimes it's the simplest concepts that work the best. If it's complicated and difficult, you won't remember it, you won't do it. But just sitting down, taking a deep breath and taking 15 minutes, which we all have 15 minutes, and planning our day, picking those three big hits and making sure we have a path to productivity. Yeah, if you take those 15 minutes, your time will be used so much more effectively. Well, thank you so much, Diane Consolino. You can find her at dianeconsolino.com. Be sure to follow us each week, and we'll see you next time for more Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone.